0: Have you ever been to a baby expo? I went to one in October, and the best part about it was meeting so many inspiring women. I chatted with them, and this week, as a bonus episode, I'm sharing our conversations with you. You'll hear from a parenting expert, a lactation consultant, a mama who has a company providing certified organic merino wool clothing that she imports from Europe, and a mama with tips for you for finding discount baby and kid products at a store that I don't think you've ever considered. You're listening to the Mamas in Training podcast, giving aspiring and expecting moms guidance and community from moms who have been there. And I am your host, Jessica Lorian. While I'm not yet a mom because of an autoimmune disease, I'm learning right alongside you. We're in this together. First of all, Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all have wonderful full bellies and are able to celebrate with friends and family, or at least those who are closest to you. And I hope that you enjoy this bonus episode today. Now, on to our first guest. First, I have a question for you. Have you ever felt overwhelmed navigating your in-laws or your parents' opinions on how you should parent? Kate Garcon, a parenting expert from Guided Parenting Support, shares the number one tool to these tricky conversations and opinions. Here she is. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome to The Baby Show X. this has been so fun. So we connected, we are right across the way from each other. Before we dive in, just explain a little bit as far as what you do, who you work with and how you
1: help people. My company is called Guided Parenting Support. The initials are GPS because I'm a GPS for the parents of, I say toddlers through teens, but I've got parents coming with babies. I've got parents coming with young adults in their 20s. And really, my role is to help your family meet their goals. So everything from sleep, through toilet training, through tantrums, all sorts of behavior, school issues, sibling issues, friendship issues, um, adolescence, kind of the whole gamut. I have a lot of families who come because things are going really well and they'd like to kind of get ahead of the curve and and, um, see what is coming down the pike developmentally have some families who come because they've got a specific issue and when we dig in a little deeper we realize it's connected to some other things and I've got some families who come feeling totally overwhelmed and they don't know where to start. Everything in between. So usually
0: the is in Training podcast, I interview moms. Usually yes. my guests have to be moms. <laughs> but I made this little exception today because we're at the expo. But what I love, when we were discussing how really important it is that you're actually not a mom. Yes. That sort of allows you the opportunity to be a little bit more on a level playing field, right? And, and you're not coming from an experience that's personal. You're coming from an experience that's I mean, probably thousands, hundreds, yes. right? Thousands you've
1: gone of kids, through. hundreds of families over. Yeah. I've been working with other people's kids for more than 30 years in a variety of capacities. So I'm not coming to it from a place of what worked for me specifically. Families know that there will never be any judgment. And that the strategies I'm offering them are coming from such a broad uh, range of experiences yeah, absolutely. And parenting styles and philosophies and types of families. So at no point will I say to a parent, you know, I did this with my child. Right. And the underlying assumption there is if it's not working for you, the problem is you, mm-hmm. as opposed to it being... Your kid arrived in this world with their own temperament, their own neurology, and they're a separate human from you. So let's work together to build those relationships and Mm -hmm. to get your family on the path that works for your family. Now, a
0: lot of women who are listeners of the podcast, you know myself, I'm just a mama in training. I'm not even pregnant yet. Don't say just. Well, You're
1: doing some serious prep work. You're, you're right about that. You're right. Well, thank you for
0: the kudos. But um, I'm not yet even pregnant. A lot of pregnant women might think parenting. Like my kid's <laughs> not even out of me yet or in the newborn phase. My child can't even talk yet, barely knows how to communicate in any sort of way, even sign language. So... I, I think the assumption that I have, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, is that we sort of need to change the narrative a little bit on how we think about parenting. Are there things that we can start to think about during pregnancy, when you're an aspiring mom, how can we set ourselves up so that when that time comes, we're ready? Is there anything that we can Absolutely. do?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, when when you're in the throes of, of having a newborn, um, you're so tired and everything just feels so brand new, it's helpful if you've had a bit of time beforehand to think about and have conversations with whoever is parenting with you. Mm. Um, think about how you were parented, which of those bits you want to continue, Mm. which of those bits you want to completely veer away from, and Mm. which of those bits you maybe just want to adjust. when you're having two parents, I also work with parenting triads. I work with co parenting situations, step parenting situations. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are multiple adults. Right. Um, you know, sometimes it's parents and grandparents all living in the same house. When you're dealing with all of these different personalities, temperaments, opinions, opinions. Yep. right, it can be really tough. Yeah. And so having these conversations, it's similar to when we say, like, don't talk to your child about bedtime at bedtime. Right. Don't talk to your child about the tantrum mid-tantrum. You don't want to be in the middle right. of the throes of it's it talking about. planning yeah. ahead of time. So I just did a sleep seminar today. And one of the things I suggested for these parents to be is have conversations now with your parenting partners about your philosophies on sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, if one adult thinks they should be rocked to sleep forever mm-hmm. and other adults think they should never be rocked to sleep, mm-hmm. you got to find some common ground. And it's actually mm-hmm. not about sleep. Mm. You know, so there, there are a lot of conversations that can be had ahead of time in calm, low stress, you know, low pressure ways to set yourselves up for how you want to handle certain circumstances when they arise.
0: I'm sure there's a ton, but what are a couple of the top conversations, top topics that we should be covering our bases on before that baby is even side? If if we have that luxury. (laughs) Um, Yeah, of
1: course. So, I mean, there's the big ones that you kind of, if you did any sort of, um, like, pre-marital counseling, for example, they say, like, talk about money and, you know, talk about um, where you want to live and, you know, talk about religion and those kinds of things. Um, Truly, you know, the the key to parenting, as I've observed over these last 30 years, is not about a set of rules. It's not about a set of skills that you must have, and if you don't, you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. It's truly about... The relationship with your child or children and the relationship with the other people in their lives so think about who you want in your child's life think about the kinds of experiences you want for them it's hard to do but picture what you want your life to look like in five years Mm. what goals do you see for your family Mm. and then start working backwards from there because the important little conversations Come out of the bigger picture. And that's why when I work with families, my sort of five step parenting roadmap starts with what are your goals for your family? Mm. Even before we get into what are your pain points, what are your issues, it's what are your goals? Mm. What would you like your family life to be like? Because, like you mentioned,
0: too your goals could be different. Exactly. You know, can we touch quickly on boundaries?
1: Absolutely. Wow. Oh, super important. So it's, important. it's a and it's a good thing.
0: And there's boundaries too with with the parents, but then boundaries with grandparents with Absolutely. in-laws so how do we navigate that? now are
1: you talking about children having different boundaries at different places or are you talking about how to get your mother-in-law not to tell you let's what talk to about do. Both. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, my husband's over here on sound out laughing no it's true um, generic mother-in-law not your specific right. mother-in-law i'm sure no. she's wonderful no she's great
0: yeah let, let's let right. cover right. all of it the right. humans belong to you you get the final correct say. <laughs> so without us kind of you know being really witchy about
1: it. How can we navigate those moments? I think the first question to ask yourself is how often are these folks in our lives? Mm-hmm. If it's a you know an aunt or an uncle they see once a year, then you know you can reasonably afford to let things kind of slide off your back. Mm-hmm. And if they're giving your kids candy that you wouldn't normally, and that kind of thing, as long as the kids are still safe, right? Um, you know you can give yourself permission to say you know what it's a special day, it's fine. Mm-hmm. If they're family members or close friends who are actively involved in the support of your family, Mm -hmm. then it gets a little trickier. Yeah. Um, We saw a lot of this during COVID. Um, I got a lot of questions about, like, how do we tell our kids that we're not going over to grandma and grandpa's house because... Their aunt and uncle are there and they don't wear masks or mm. they won't get vaccinated you know those kinds of questions right. how come these friends are going to these people's houses um, to have a birthday party and we are not going mm-hmm. and the focus i mean when they're little you have ultimate control right mm-hmm. you choose where they go you choose who they're with you choose what they eat when you focus on your family's values right and your family's boundaries then it's not us versus them. It's not what they're doing is wrong. It's what our family has chosen to do. Those things may change as we get older, Mm -hmm. but for right now, this is the decision our family has made. And it's really cool how by changing our language when we're with kids, Mm -hmm. it changes our mindset about things. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the seminar tomorrow on toilet learning, Mm -hmm. and by framing it as toilet learning Mm -hmm. instead of toilet training, Mm -hmm. it becomes this process instead out of an event and it frames the patience level we have with them mm-hmm. it frames how forgiving we are when it's not happening as fast as maybe our friend's child um, you know got there. So how we talk to ourselves and talk with our kids is really the messages that they're taking, you know, with them out into the world. And really it can just be a a change of that one word. Exactly. Inviting them into your world. You know, actually one of the things I'm talking about in tomorrow's seminar is um, mentally preparing a script for Mm -hmm. yourself. For when you're taking the kids to a family event and you know that your sister in law is gonna say, you know, well, you know, my Sally was toilet trained in three days. Or, you know, someone um, perhaps from a different generation is gonna say something like, you know, she really is old enough. She really should be finished this by now. Right. So, mentally prepare yourself, accept that it's going to happen Mm -hmm. so you're not caught off guard. It's the same conversations that you would have around COVID or around race or around, you know, sexuality, any of those things that you know are going to come up right. around your kids at mm-hmm. some point. And with your partner, if you have one, um, prepare a little bit, role play a little bit, yeah. practice those worst case scenarios so that you can come off as calm and confident. Mm-hmm. You know, and even saying something like, you know, I really I respect yep. your opinion, and you know, Sally is going through a process that works for her. Right. right. Even just saying something as simple as that. Right. And then they're like, Oh, okay. Well, what can I say to that? You were super nice about it.
0: Right. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. Kill them with kindness, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's when you're tired and the yeah. hormones are raging. Um, it's really hard. Not only to think things through, but when you're saying something for the first time mm-hmm. that's kind of bursting out of you, you might not say it the way, right. with, with the same kind of love <laughs> and you yes. know, support that you would like to say it. Um, I say this, it's the same principle that applies when you are faced with a situation, something your child has done that has pushed a hot button.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the advice that I would give is give yourself permission not to react right away. You know, as my grandma used to say, it's not going to spoil with keeping. Mm -hmm. Um, It's okay to say to your spouse or a grandparent or someone else who's in there, this situation is a lot for me right now. There's some stuff going on here that I want to talk to you about, and I can't do it now. Mm You know, I love you. I need to go take a nap. Or I love you. I need to go take a shower. Or I tolerate you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know, it's okay to step away because you know that person's not going anywhere. Right. And it's parenting is not a set of rules. It's not a set of skills you must acquire in order to be successful. It truly is a series of relationships. Mm -hmm. And if you can protect the relationships and when you have a rupture in the relationship, repair ruptures are going to happen. You're going to, you know, lose your cool. You're going to snap. You're in a pressure cooker mm-hmm. of hormones and diapers and the whole the whole yeah, bit. Sure. And if you've got older kids, I mean, if it's your if it's your first precious little angel, it's right. just you and that baby. Right. If you've got toddlers and preschoolers, yes, everybody else on. running around. Um, it's okay to lose your cool. It's how you follow up. Mm. You know, going back to your partner, going back to your, the grandparent that's in the house and saying, I didn't handle that the mm. way I should have, and I'm sorry. Can mm. we talk about it? Yeah. You know, people are willing to give a lot of grace yeah. when you approach it from that perspective.
0: And the communication aspect and how that important that is, just kind of lay it all out on the line. Yeah. And, like,
1: and it models beautiful communication right. for your children. Right. They're going to see that. Wow, daddy was really annoyed with mommy and right. then he apologized and then they hugged and then it was okay. Oh, oh even t- from, you know, beginning, infancy, yeah. you know, you're you're rocking that baby and you're like, <laughs> you just stop crying. Right. And even though they don't understand your words, you can say to them later, you know, daddy's sorry, you know, I was not handling that very well. We were both tired and it's okay. If you start getting in that habit yeah, before even they're, you infants. know, when they're pre-verbal, yeah. you'll be in the habit ruptures happen repair is key i love that idea even from the beginning to do that i think people assume that because they have parents or they were parented at some point they assume they're just going to know how to do it Mm -hmm. and it's not a fair assumption because you know, people train for decades to become whatever their career is, right. and then they continue on with education and additional training. You've got if you if you are the one who carried and delivered a child, you've got forty weeks if you're lucky. Um, but if you are an adoptive parent, a foster parent, you know, a grandparent, someone who has come into the child's life older, you've had zero prep. Mm-hmm. So ask for help. You know, ask for support, and give yourself permission to make mistakes. Because at the end of the day I'm gonna keep them alive. That's, yeah, really yeah. Like, <laughs> That's the goal. you know, there are gonna be days where you sort of like fall into bed and go, hey, I have the same number of humans alive at the end of the day as what I started with yes. and I'm gonna call that a win. Yes. A hundred percent. It doesn't have to be perfect. And absolutely. Kate, how can people reach out to you if they'd like a little bit more support? So they can find me on my website, which is guidedparentingsupport.com. They can find me on Instagram at Guided Parenting Support. They can find me on Facebook at Guided Parenting Support. Mom, right? I am uh, I'm around. It's truly and thank you so much for having me, Jessica. I really appreciate it. Of course. Beautiful. Thanks,
0: Kate. Thank you. You're welcome. I just love those tips from Kate, especially the ones on how to navigate family members and parenting. That is such a challenge. Now on to our next guest, Sophia Viamante. Have you ever had the thought, am I enough? Especially with breastfeeding or pumping, am I providing enough? The next mama, Sophia, is a postpartum nurse and an IBCLC lactation consultant who shares with us the number one key to make milk production a success.
3: I wish that people would have just told me to focus on what feels right for me. Um, You have so much advice from people um, who all feel like they know what to do and it's just remembering that this is your pregnancy your baby, your journey and just do what feels right take the suggestions, listen to the suggestions and then go with what feels right to you and find what works best for your family because it's going to be different from what works best for other people and as
0: a lactation consultant what do you find, what are moms coming to you with the most?
3: So I would say the large concern that patients will bring forward to me especially because I mostly focus right after birth is in relation to supply. And do I have enough milk for my baby? Is this sufficient for my baby? Because when a baby's first born, we know moms have um, that first milk called colostrum, and it comes in such small amounts. And we've trusted this mom's body for nine, 10 months to nourish and carry this child. But as soon as they are born, automatically people's minds to go to, am I enough? Am I enough? What, what can I do? Does my baby need more than this? When in reality, you know, we focus, we've trusted that body for 10 months and we. We can continue in the vast majority of cases to continue to trust her body and that her supply will be enough for her baby. Yeah. And what are some things that we can do to increase our supply? So um, oftentimes, you know, I say in the beginning, let's see what your body does, because you actually can even cause called an oversupply. Too much milk, which has its own uh, added challenges. But things that people can do, really focusing on fluid and caloric intake. We know that moms should be drinking um, a large amount of fluid. Foods and protein can help with supply as well. So really, I say the main thing, make sure you're hydrated. Make sure you're eating. Eat, nurse your baby. Drink, like, either nice. A big glass of water or milk and have a nice nutritious snack. And that really, for most people, should be enough.
0: Mindset has anything to do with it? I mean, I know so often it's what you mentioned, it's that feeling of, am I enough? Mm-hmm. And it's so personal, it's it's our personal personal
3: body. I would say the vast majority of time, it's not actually an issue with supply as much as it is with that concern. You know, we know that as a mom, all you want to do is what's best for your baby. And so the immediate thing goes to, oh, is this enough, am I enough for them? But really, if you trust your body, you see your baby's gaining weight, they're having the wet and poopy diapers that we want to see, even if you don't have that massive freezer full of milk, that is enough for your baby and that's exactly what your baby needs we know too that stress lack of sleep all of that can also contribute to having a lower supply so even just supporting the mothers in your life who you know are going through you know the scary thing of having a very first baby or going through that postpartum period no matter what number baby it is supporting them and reassuring them that they are doing an amazing job is definitely key So what about the mamas in training? The people like me who are either
0: aspiring or they are expecting. What can we do whether it's physically preparing certain things so that we make that adjustment a little smoother or whether it's a mental mindset, how can we best prepare ourselves? So it's not when we're in the heat of it, it's beforehand.
3: Definitely. I always think education is key and just knowing the why behind things. So when you first have your baby, you have colostrum, we you know it's in a small amount. One of the questions I often get from people is why is it such a small amount? Why does my body do this? And it's because that baby is still learning how to suck and swallow and breathe all at the same time. So your body has designed this small amount of very thick, nutritious milk to help your baby learn to do all those things. Take education classes, learn the why behind what is happening to you and the other thing too that I think is really helpful is if you kind of gather some of the supplies that you'll need Um, I always tell people before you have your baby get a pump even if you're not sure that this is something you want to do have a pump get some nipple cream get those nice comfy supportive bras that you'll need in that postpartum period because that will also make your journey just that much easier
4: yeah
0: and also in speaking about the colostrum Mm -hmm. They, don't they often call it like mother's golden milk it or something? Because like that, that is right? liquid gold, yeah, liquid is what gold. the colostrum is. It is liquid gold. And I've learned that you can. Try to collect that before you've even given birth. Can you walk us through how someone would do that? Yes.
3: So it's a very hot topic and it's a little bit controversial. Um, In Europe, it's widely recognized as being something that you can do, but essentially what you would do is wait until the later weeks of pregnancy because nipple stimulation does have the potential to induce early labor. So starting closer to that delivery period, generally speaking, 36 weeks is thought to be safe. Some people will choose to wait until about 38 weeks, um, but a lot of is in, actually through hand expression. So, uh, manually massaging the breasts to collect that colostrum. And then you can use that. Um, let's say your baby does need more milk while you're in the hospital. You can bring that with you to feed to them. You can use it later on if uh, you're, you know, maybe you, your baby's five months old and they've got a cold. Um, it has those that high level of those immunoglobulins to help keep them healthy, keep them protected. Or it can even be used on the skin. So, rashes on the boy's face, little scrapes. It's very, very, very helpful for those sorts of things as well so unbelievable.
0: In addition to prepping, Uh, when we're in pregnancy, are there certain foods that we can start to have before we're giving birth that can encourage our milk production to begin before we give birth?
3: Or is that really something that's going to happen
0: after we give birth? So
3: in terms of what's actually going to build that supply, most of it will be happening kind of as your body is eating that food. However, going into labor and delivery in a healthy state, like Good, nutritious foods. Um, We also know that high protein foods can help prevent vaginal lacerations during lip delivery. Mm -hmm. Things like that to get yourself in the most healthy point when you're going into delivery are really going to help with your milk supply because if you go in, you know, you have a shorter labor, you're well um, nourished, well hydrated, you're going to sail through that experience more easily and that will directly impact your milk supply for sure. Something that I always hear... Especially when
0: I talk to women and I'm like, okay, what was the breastfeeding journey like? What was the pumping journey like? They always say, I didn't know how much it was going to actually hurt. I don't want to sugarcoat things. (laughs) And so... It's going to be painful, I think. Is it safe to say that? Is it something we just keep pushing through? Or what are some things we can do to really care for our our production and our milk? And I mean, we wanna do this for our infants, but what if it's just too
3: painful? Of course, of course. Yeah, so, you know, people used to say, oh, it should never hurt if it's going correctly, but we know that that's not true. Right, right. (laughs) There's always gonna be a bit of discomfort. Some of the main things we see are chapped, sore nipples, and that Mm. just comes from that amount of friction and time spent with that baby nursing. There are some things that should be red flags, so true damage to the nipples, bleeding nipples, uh, cracked nipples, if you see a crease on your nipple or your nipples not coming out nice and round after baby comes off that is something that has to do with um, either the way the baby's sucking or an improper latch. And if you're noticing those, it's definitely going to be very helpful to see a lactation consultant to remedy those issues for you because we also know that a shallow latch can decrease the amount of milk a baby transfers. Now in terms of kind of alleviating those normal soreness that that tenderness that people have nipple creams are very helpful Um, there's a number of different creams i always tell people try them all olive oil coconut oil any one of the nipple butters try them all and see what works best for you hot and cold packs are really helpful as well especially if you're going through that first stage of engorgement when your milk comes in Mm -hmm. and these are all things that i always tell people have those before your baby is born because we know what's going to happen and this is definitely going to help your journey the I tell people too there are some people who are born with very sensitive nipples and breasts and for them the experience of breastfeeding is just very uncomfortable and they can't they're you know they're not able to find that comfort in it and for those people I say you know Think about your relationship with your baby and what is going to make this the best relationship you can be. What is going to make you enjoy feeding your baby? And if that's not breastfeeding, that's okay, too. It's always about finding what works best for you and your family.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I do hear a lot that I think women do push themselves farther than they really Mm -hmm. should. And then, like we mentioned before, with your mental state, and it's just going to be really a cycle out of control. Exactly, exactly. And when you mentioned the lactation consultant and the experience and stuff, I know oftentimes when you go to hospitals, you get that free consultation, right? Exactly. But I don't want people to think that they necessarily have to pay ahead. Like, say, you know, say I'm pregnant and Mm -hmm. I I say I want to get set up with a lactation consultant. That's going to be out of pocket. Correct. Isn't it? So, what is kind of your advice? Of course, it's going to depend on your finances and your abilities. But, what would your like absolutely perfect situation be for setting yourself up with a lactation consultant to give you support?
3: So, I would say wherever you're delivering, find out ahead of time um, about their lactation consultant because I have yet to be, find a hospital that doesn't provide free services with their lactation consultant, and that includes phone consultations beforehand. Oh, it does. It does. Oh, that's yes. interesting. so people can call ahead of time. I do that often um, where I work, and I will talk people through things that they can do, things they can get ready for at home. So, again, without needing to come in person, you can kind of triage over the phone. I can give you little tips of things you can try before you do go into that consult. And then I always tell people to call their insurance and talk to them because there are actually quite a few insurances that will cover. And either they'll do it up front or um, I know most private lactation consultants will also provide you with a super bill that you can um, submit afterwards. And a lot of times they do end up getting covered.
0: Oh, wow. That's so good to know because I would never think that you would even...
3: I've always heard it be that when you're at the birth, mm-hmm.
0: you know, you just gave birth. All of a sudden, they have a free lactation consultant come in. But that's wonderful to know that you can request to have the meeting ahead of time. Yeah,
3: and it's, it's most of the time going to be via phone. Yeah, but definitely via phone. Also, a lot of the hospitals will have um, breastfeeding classes done by the lactation consultant, and sometimes those are free as well. Yeah. And then you go to that class, you get that face-to-face contact with the lactation consultant as well.
0: And that's so important too, because our breasts might not be as sore yet. Right. Exactly. <laughs> our, our postpartum hormones might not be raging as exactly. much yet. So we're able to really understand and take in this information, right?
3: Correct. Correct.
0: Yeah. Sophia, how can people connect with you if they specifically want help from you? How can people reach out to you?
3: So I have um, my Instagram page at the Lactation Mama, where I share information about breastfeeding. Awesome! It was so nice to connect yeah, with you here nice at the Baby Show Expo.
0: What a wonderful <laughs> thing! I will definitely connect and follow you on Instagram. Perfect. And thank you for all of this information. I think it's really
3: important for us to get it out there for women. So I I'm agree. so grateful. Well, thank you so much for today. You're
0: welcome. Overall, as Sophia said, remember, focus on what feels right for you in all aspects of motherhood. Now on to our next guest, Emma Cooper. Certified organic. What does that even mean? Have you ever been curious about the impact of fabrics and whether or not they are really as organic as they say they are? Emma Cooper from Wooly Hearts sat down with me at the expo to share the secret to certified organics in the
4: US. My name is Emma Cooper, and I'm the owner and founder of Wooly Hearts LLC. Emma, I'm so, so happy to have met you today and have connected
0: through here. You're from Sweden, is that correct? Yes, I am. What the heck, first of all, made you come over here? (laughs)
4: to say well me and my husband met and lived in norway before we relocated to the u.s is he from norway no he's german oh wow so we have a bit of a mixed family yeah, situation that's amazing and then what made you come to the states uh we lived north of alaska basically in norway which has a very long winter season mm. and we were really craving more warmer summers and a little bit of a milder weather yeah. and when my husband got the job opportunity here we just jumped at it
0: yeah well now living over in norway like you mentioned you were very very used to cold weather right did you have both of your kids in norway
4: uh, my daughter is born in norway whereas okay. my son is born
0: here in the us
4: so when you
0: first had your daughter in norway you're dealing with that cold cold climate what type of clothing did they really use mostly and wear mostly
4: well, because we are Scandinavians, we have a very old and rich uh, wool history with clothing. Because wool gives you the benefits of regulating the body temperature with the child or the wearer. Mm. So, if I put my, my child in merino wool, I don't have to worry about being too hot, too cold. Yeah. She will just be at a comfortable temperature and I can focus more on her rather than like the temperature of her body. I never knew
0: that about wool. Maybe everyone knows about that and I just have not heard that before, but I've never knew that about that. So then when you came to the States and you had your son, we were talking a little earlier that you had a little bit of trouble finding this type of clothing and this
4: type of wool in the States, is that correct? That's correct. So when my son was born, I went through my old inventory from my daughter which was not pink I could (laughs) use. But it turned out that I was missing lots of essential pieces that I had been accustomed to uh, using as they keep growing. And after a few months of nagging (laughs) and complaining, my husband told me to do something about it. So that's when Woolly Hearts was really... Like the idea was born.
0: And so what
4: actually is Wooly Hearts?
0: What is the, the basis of the company and the product?
4: Uh, Wooly Hearts is a company with organic merino wool clothing. Mm-hmm. And since I started, I wanted to have a narrow niche. So I currently only feature clothes for infants and very small or young children. Mm-hmm. And because I imported clothes from Germany, they are height based.
0: Oh, okay. Which is
4: different from the American system of, uh, like, sizing, sizing. the clothing. So if you know the height, the total height of your child, you can easily find out the size that is the European oh, correct, that's so
0: interesting. or correct European Great. size. Yeah. And you know, this could just be me being ignorant to clothing and to fabrics, but whenever I think wool, like I'm actually looking at some of the beautiful products that you have right in front of me, and you see that really thick, cozy, soft, warm material. But then I also notice that you have shirts and lighter onesies, and those are even made of the same material, right? It's
4: just a thinner wool? Yes. So it has to do with the way they process the wool. So, uh, merino wool is a very thin fiber. Uh, If you have seen Icelandic wool sweater, they Mm -hmm. are very coarse and rough in comparison to merino wool. Okay. And the benefit with merino wool, because it's so thin, the fabric um, or the fiber will actually kind of bend away from the skin when it contacts. the surface and that makes it less itchy or actually not itchy at all all. yeah whereas like a coarse fiber will kind of like keep looking at the arm and irritating the skin so merino wool is slowly becoming recognized internationally as a very sensitive and like good fiber to use for, uh, for people with sensitive skin or eczema well, that's perfect for
0: me because part of the whole reason why I'm not yet a mom is because I have psoriatic arthritis. And so my psoriasis definitely can feel, if, if I have a flare up, yeah. can feel that, that fabric if it's not a good yeah. quality.
4: Then merino wool fiber is definitely something for you.
0: And you know, that's really interesting too, because with a lot of babies, you find baby eczema, baby acne. So yeah. it's
4: really important for
0: babies to have yeah. that soft fabric. Yeah.
4: This is why I only want to cater for certified organic because that is a reassurance that you don't have a chemical processing behind the fabric in the production. And one thing I would like to point out is that organic is a label that is not restricted in the clothing industry. Yes. This is a very important feature because um, if you have hardly anything, I think it's 5% or less, Mm. you're allowed to label it organic, Uh but unless you actually put the percentage of the organic material in the piece of clothing, you're not guaranteed to get organic products. And this is a way for the fashion industry to mark up poor quality clothing to try to make more profits. Wow. For me, I'm a very honest person, <laughs> so the, the clothes I purchased are certified GOTS, which is the Global Organic Textile Standard, mm. which uh, forces me to label the percentage of organic material used in each item. Oh, wow. So if you go into my homepage and you click on an item, it will say how much percentage, percentage. it is. Wow. So there's like no hidden numbers, it's not casually mentioned, it's organic, it's so good for you. Mm -hmm. It's very straightforward and very transparent.
0: That's so, so important, especially because parents everywhere are always just looking usually for that product and that truthfulness. But so many times, whether it's our food or our clothing, we're not getting the real information as far as what we really have today and what's really existing in our world and what we're putting our babies in or what we're giving to them, especially here in the United States. Is that part of the
4: reason why you do import the clothing from Germany? Yes. Um, back in back home in Norway or Scandinavia, I would just go to a regular store. exactly, And I could easily find the transparent labeling of the piece of clothing I want to get. Mm-hmm. I say in the US, I did lots of Googling and the few items I could find, I could not find this vital information like the yeah. percentage of material that is certified organic and also not recognized certifications.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I see here a majority of the clothes that you offer, but for those who are listening, what can they expect to see what types of clothing? You mentioned newborns and young children, but what types of clothing are you offering?
4: So I have uh, two sizes for uh, newborn and premature. They consist of body mm-hmm. with buttons on the side for easy undressing and mm-hmm. dressing,
0: like onesies like we yeah. commonly hear in the states. Yeah,
4: a onesie with the buttons on the side. on the side, because. Uh-huh. Personally, as a mom, I think that was a lot easier the first time in the life.
0: Yeah, instead of up and over the head.
4: Yeah, especially before they get a little bit more of a stability. Right. I personally felt that was a lot easier, so that's why I chose this Mm -hmm. type to cater.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: It also has some pants and a very smart baby bonnet. It's so
0: cute. You showed me the picture. So adorable. And the way you
4: tie it is under the armpits and crossed in the back. Mm -hmm. And by... By tying it this way, you leave the airways open, so the baby in the first like time outside of the yeah. stomach can have like wiggle around a bit. So these are the newborn and premature clothes that I uh, have. I also have some short-sleeves shirt and short-sleeve onesies. Mm-hmm. So they can be used for different purposes. And I also have a cardigan with Mm. mother of pearl buttons Mm -hmm. that can be used for maybe a bit more of a festive occasion or just a nice extra layer to have when it gets a bit chilly or needed to. And what would you describe? What are the names of these little suits that I'm looking at? They're so cute. The outdoor apparel that I feature is a hooded overall with wooden buttons. They also have cuffs on both the arms and the feet so you can close them in. in the environment. So even if the child or the baby retracts their arms or feet, they will still be protected mm. inside that overall. The overall comes with either a bonnet for children newborn to six months or a hat with a little extra on top mm-hmm. and it's super cute yeah I, I tried it on my son and he was just starting to learn to walk and he kept bobbing around and this little feather bit bouncing <laughs> next to it it was just so adorable I, I just stopped and forgot to take the pictures I just looked at him because he was adorable oh my gosh and the colors that you have I'm looking at a beautiful light pink and a darker navy blue and
0: a really like foresty green, they're beautiful, beautiful colors. I love them, so essential for those winter times to keep our babies, especially like I live in New York City so when those children are walking in the strollers and that wind is coming and the snow and it's it's really cold for children.
4: So something like this is perfect. My children uses the overalls throughout most of the year. My daughter even insists on sleeping in hers in summer wow. because it keeps her so comfortable. Yeah. So and we take her out in the suit in summer, 100 degrees. She she's complaining <laughs> she if we try to take it off. She falls asleep and we come back into the air-conditioned environment and she sleeps like a rock.
0: Wow, that's so. So funny. they are
4: really useful. I love that. And so much. we also have a baby blanket that mm. we keep in the car all year round because that is a very it's a very convenient size Mm -hmm. it's 80 times 100 centimeters which i believe is about 31 to 35 inches Inches? Uh i'm new to inches i might be wrong but it's (laughs) around that size. it's 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 a baby size perfect baby size and the blanket is useful for everyone i have customers that have bought them for themselves for their pets or for children.
0: Yeah, so. that's amazing. Well, Emma, it was so nice to speak with you. Where can people find the products either online or on social media?
4: Yes, uh, my homepage is uh, www.woollyhearts.com,
0: and that's W O O L Y two Ls, right? Yes. W O O L L, so double
4: O, double L, Y, hearts.com. I also have an Instagram account and a Facebook page, and the Instagram account is Wooly Hearts, whereas the Facebook page is Wooly Hearts LLC.
0: Okay, wonderful. Well, I'll link all of those quick links into the show notes so people can easily, after they listen, they can go down and they can click on those links to find all your beautiful products. But so, so, so important what you're doing, especially with those regulations that unfortunately in the United States, we're not really controlling much of. So it's wonderful that you're doing that for expecting parents and seasoned parents too, who have kids that are in the toddler stage. It's so important. So... So nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me today. You're so welcome. If you're looking for some cozy clothes for those little ones in your life, especially as the winter approaches, check out the link in the show notes for Wooly Hearts. Her products are beautiful. And finally, when you're setting up a nursery, or even if you're looking for Christmas toys, are you ever looking for a deal, a discount to save money? Of course! We all are. Our last guest, Darlene, is about to share with you a place that I bet you haven't thought of checking out, where you can get 50% off items for your baby and your growing child. Here's Darlene. What was that like for you when you first became a mom? What was that feeling? Did you pretty much feel like in control and you were
2: like ready for it or was it overwhelming? Absolutely not. It was overwhelming. (laughs) Uh, Just the amount of stuff you know a child needs and the amount of money that you put into it it's you'd really try to be thrifty and save and get everything you need
0: absolutely (laughs) and it can be tricky because especially nowadays products are completely pushed on expecting moms as far as you need this and you need that when ultimately they don't really need too, too much, right? Yeah. Today, you're working in a way that's so wonderful with moms and expecting moms through your company, Bulldog Liquidators, and the best thing about this is discounts. Yes. Moms, expecting moms, seasoned moms, we all need discounts. So tell us a little bit about the offerings that people can get through the company.
2: So we have contracts with big retailers and we buy truckloads of things. And we get these products in and we try to price them at like 50% off Mm -hmm. of retail. So a box of diapers will be like $10 or, you know, $15 for a whole box. That's huge. The wipes we uh, try to keep at a low cost of $1.99. So all those essentials, we get car seats in, we check the manufacturers, we go through them to make sure that they are tip-top and not recalled. Yeah, so important. It helps with the parents, you know, like... Expecting moms to get a a good deal of twenty dollars for a car seat.
0: A hundred literally you know, twenty dollars for well, a car. Well depending
2: seat? on the car seat and the brand. We wow. go by the, the retail product, you know. Wow. So we'll be half that. Some are a hundred or eighty, but even so but it's even so that's huge. It's fifty percent off. And now parents
0: who are expecting who are in this process might not necessarily think about a liquidation type company to go to when yeah. thinking about products. So how does it work do they go directly to you directly to online how would they find this these products
2: so we have a store we're like a like a sister store the main company is out in California and there's a couple of us that we're in the Poconos Mm -hmm. in Broadheadsville you come directly to our store you can find us on Facebook and Instagram with uh, Bulldog Liquidators PA and we now have eBay that we're going through for the shipping process
0: that's wonderful.
2: So on eBay, you can find us by bulldog underscore liquidators.
0: Awesome. And I'll, I'll also, in the show notes for the episode, I'll place all the information so people can easily find those links and everything. Awesome. They can just access it right away. Yeah, it, it, I think about these opportunities and these times when people are getting, especially these necessities, like you say, strollers, cribs, yes. car seats, all of these things, you know, we usually either go from, brand new which I actually just the other day saw a stroller and I was like wow that looks amazing I looked it up it was over $500 Mm -hmm. oh my gosh all these things they add up so it's either brand new like that or it's hand-me-downs if people are lucky enough to have family or friends who are having things to pass down but this is another option really
2: yeah We have a warehouse that we just made into our furniture warehouse. We have cribs in there and dressers, sofas, so it just helps with the family all around. Right. It's not just baby stuff. Yeah. Uh, Lego is a big thing. Yeah. We have a whole kids' aisle dedicated to different things, slime and Lego, and it's great for stocking stuffers and just to help the family, you know, save some money. We like to pass it on to the customer.
0: 100%. And, you know, you see a lot on social media, people advertising these big name brand things or these big things that cost a lot of money. And this is a wonderful option for people to find still a really good product and i love that you said the way that you check everything and make sure that there's nothing wrong with the products or that there's no recalls on them or anything like that so they're able to get really good quality but at a discount price
2: absolutely and we do have like a return policy in place so if anything does not work out or if we overstepped and you know just didn't see mm-hmm. something that may cause an issue
0: absolutely we have no
2: problem taking that back and giving you your money on how you paid that's so wonderful. We're like a little mom-and-pop shop, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Definitely with our customers. So.
0: Exactly. You have the sense of the big company and the big warehouse and the amount of products that you're providing, but with that small hometown feel.
2: Yeah. Like so my wonderful. son was in uh, Boy Scouts now. Mm-hmm. We do have a, like an aisle dedicated to camping and yeah. outdoors, and even that stuff gets expensive. Exactly. We added clothing, so we have brand-new clothing that comes in.
0: That's so great. It really can go with a mom and a parent and family throughout. Newborn oh, yeah. all the way up to now your son's 13. And I imagine <laughs> as he starts all of these different sports and activities, yep. the money's going to pile up,
2: right? Yep, and we have helmets and exercise equipment, anything. like Just, just a, an array of products, and it's always new.
0: That's so We can only process one.
2: so fast. So it's like when we get a truck, it's like every day there's something new to like look on our Facebook to see what we're getting in.
0: That's so wonderful. Well, I'll definitely add all of the links in the show notes so people can check it out. Everybody loves a deal. I don't know anybody who doesn't (laughs) love a deal. I'm always looking for really good deals, but with wonderful quality. So that's awesome. You can check out Bulldog Liquidators on all of the different social platforms and then in the show notes. Darlene, it was so nice to chat with you. Thank you for all that info. All right.
2: Thank you. You're welcome. Bye.
0: From parenting to milk production, organic clothing and deals, we covered so much ground today and it was such a joy to meet these ladies and chat with each of them. Check out the show notes for links to each and every one of them where you can connect more and start getting those deals. As we approach Thanksgiving, I just want to say how truly grateful I am for you and your support of the podcast. We are approaching our 100th episode, and it's really exciting to see how this has grown. And I honestly could not have done it without your word of mouth, your beautiful reviews, and your weekly listening. I would love to give back to you and invite you to get more support on your motherhood journey by joining us today in the free Facebook community. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes that says Facebook community and watch as the doors open up to a loving group of women. I can't wait to see you there. If you enjoyed the show today, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so I know how to better serve you. I'd also love for you to join our community of Mamas in Training on Facebook. You can find me at mamasintraining on Instagram and at mamasintraining.com. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together.